Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with a topic, how long is GTA 6 going to take to complete? So all the GTA 6 clickbait Twitter channels or whatever, they all tweeted this out. Rumor, GTA 6 main story may be 30 to 40 hours long per Legacy Killer HD. This goes well with what Jason Trader said years ago, GTA 6 will be a smaller title in comparison to other Rockstar games. Thoughts? W or L? And so everyone's quote tweeting Legacy Killer here, it's not as long from what I've heard, probably 35 uh, to 40 hours. To be clear, Legacy Killer saying this was just a guess in a large part, at least that's what he says here. As I've said in numerous tweets now, the specific 35 to 40 number was a simple guess. So basically, Legacy Killer made a complete guess as to how long GTA 6 was, and all these Twitter accounts are like, oh my god man, 35 to 40 hours confirms, at least rumored, it's all dumb. Like, I don't think anyone has a good way to guess how long GTA 6 would be, but obviously I would be satisfied with a 35 to 40 hour game. How long was GTA 5 again? I mean for the casual audience. Yeah, GTA 5 was 31 and a half hours, or 50 hours for main plus side quests. Completionist, 83 hours, but I, I, I yeah, so who knows, you know? I would be satisfied with that long of a game, but it's entirely possible that GTA 6 will actually get single player DLC as that was one thing that everyone was critical of GTA 5 for not having. And Jason Schrader at least at one point said that he wanted Rockstar to make smaller titles and then like add on to them and whatnot. That that the distance between Red Dead 2 and GTA 6 is way too long and they would rather release more titles. But who knows if that's actually going to happen. In the same way that GTA 5 was originally planned to have like a playable Li Liberty City DLC, it wouldn't surprise me if GTA 6 goes down that route. They do have additional expansions of areas to cover actual single player DLC. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they continued with the same route that they had with GTA 5 or GTA Online where all the DLC comes to the online area. Because at the end of the day, why release a DLC just a single player DLC when you can have it in the online and have it either be played single player or multiplayer? If you make it single player DLC, then you can't play with your friends. But if you put it in the online, then you have the option of playing it by yourself or playing with your friends. There seems to be no practical benefit to limiting that multiplayer element. You know, it won't increase the amount of copies sold. Admittedly, it does impact what you can create because some things necessarily must be single player experiences. You, you have to alter the experience in some ways to accommodate a multiplayer experience. As I say, I don't care what avenue they, they go down. It, it, there's positives and negatives. I just want it to be good. Is there a possibility that GTA 6 will be co-op? I'd be really, really surprised if they bother going to all the effort to make the single player, or at least the, the story mode, cop. I don't think they would go to that kind of effort. Ned Luke cosplayed as me, then he was swatted again. So I got sent this clip of Ned Luke cosplaying as me in a recent part of his playthrough of GTA 5. Got himself a green screen now, professional streamer, unlike me. Hey, look at me. Look at me, I'm Dark Viper. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this job dressed like I'm gonna be dark bike, dark biker, dark, dark viper for this job. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> Somebody take a picture of me. I'm dark viper. What's up, dark? What's up, baby? <laughs> Funny clip. So to this, I said, hmm, I don't know. Let me consult the list. He's male, he has dark hair, has a beard, has a black tank top. Holy shit, that is me. <laughs> to which Ned Luke responded, continuing to roleplay as me. I was never in witness protection. I have 10k hours playing and I'm telling you I was never in witness protection five stars. 
Funny interaction. I do like that my traditional gear is so easy to recognize and, and to have in games and stuff. Because it's probably the case that like the vast majority of games have a black tank top. And so I can always make the joke in any game that I play that I'm wearing a black tank top. I'm like, hey, it's me, you know? One of those funny things that you never think about when you start wearing the same outfit every single goddamn stream. But uh, it does have benefits for the memes. Apparently though, Ned Luke was swatted again. What's going on? Let's see. Hello. Hey, let me look see. All right, goodbye. <laughs> hey guys. Oh, I'm getting swatted. Isn't that great? Uh, hey. So let me go live. All right, I'll be right back, guys. <clears throat> All right. Well, that was fun. Ah, nice try. Didn't work. <laughs> Didn't work. Just another day in the neighborhood, just like Mr. Rogers. I guess at some point, if they've come out to your house enough times, or if they're somewhat aware of the circumstances of your your job, like as a, you know related to GTA 5 and stuff, I guess they would be more lenient and stuff. I've seen other streamers get swatted, and they like the actual SWAT teams have come into their rooms and stuff and had them lay on the ground and stuff. But I guess if it, if it happens enough times, there's a false alarm that they are less I don't know strict. Regardless, though, fucked up thing to do, and I guess there's. Nothing you can really do to stop them having to come out. Because probably, they probably have to take these seriously, right? At least somewhat, legally, you know? Come out to the house each time. There have been cases where YouTubers have called the police department and told them there are false callers. I've heard of such things, yeah. And I imagine Ned's probably got something similar with um his local department or something. Basically, garbage people. Uh, shitty situation. Regardless. Technical difficulties almost ruined my return to Red Dead Redemption 2. So I did my first stream of Red Dead Redemption 2 today, and I had a heap of tech issues. Some form of anti-aliasing is necessary for the game, or else there's like shimmering on all the objects and stuff. But there are many different options for anti-aliasing that you have. You have MSAA, FXAA, TAA, or something. I probably got some of those letters wrong. I, I do that occasionally. There's also super sampling and DLSS, which I don't think it's technically anti-aliasing, but it does the same thing as anti-aliasing ultimately. And while doing all my testing with getting my graphics exactly as I want them to be, a bunch of people in chat were like, DirectX 12 is what you need to use. DirectX 12 is the best. Don't listen to these people about Vulkan. Vulkan is like for lower end CPUs and stuff. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And so I did all my testing with DirectX 12 and I ran into like a heap of issues that as it turns out, were all directly related to DirectX 12. While having DirectX 12, MSAA caused pop-in for the trees while I was playing. FXAA is just always bad, so you never use it. TAA on high caused pixels to randomly appear in the top left-hand corner. Like just random colored pixels, pixels like yellow, blue, and red and stuff. It was very strange. Whenever I tried to use DLSS, the game would just crash. Even when I would use the original version of DLSS rather than updating it, which everyone recommended. There's, there was so many videos out there explaining that you could get the newer versions of DLSS by changing some file, but my game, game kept crashing. I, I had no idea why. Turns out all that was because of DirectX 12. If I had just not used DirectX 12 and used Vulkan from the get-go, I would have had no issues. So my first episode back playing Red Dead 2 was somewhat soured by all these tech issues that were caused by all those people who told me to use DirectX 12. So if you're one of those people, screw you, or at the very least, I'm sure you're just trying to help, but do never suggest to anyone ever again to use DirectX 12 for Red Dead Redemption 2. 
Does it make sense that there were so many diff different technical issues for a, a system that was provided by Rockstar? No. But at the same time, like, I just wish that wasn't suggested to me. It's really annoying. So I'm now going to be using DLSS on the quality setting when I play next. I'm going to use Vulkan with max settings and everything should be fine. Who the fuck would prefer DirectX 12 over Vulkan? Exactly. Exactly. Other than that, though, I did have a fairly enjoyable time playing the game. It's just not a very good game for making content. Like, I don't feel as though I'm doing something. I'm making something with a game as a platform or as a foundation. I'm just playing a video game, which is not something I generally like to do. Like, I don't have any explicit goal in the game. It's just to play the game. What is anti-aliasing? I know how to explain it. It's like the very edges of things are technically not lines. They're technically boxes or squares that have been put together. Anti-aliasing is meant to smooth those edges so they don't look like jagged edges. So they don't look like stairs or something. It looks like actually like a line. It's like in a game, technically the edges of everything looks like this. When it's small enough, we perceive this as a line. But in reality, the game is always like this. And anti-aliasing is methods to make this seem more like a line to our eyes. At least that's how I understand it. So TAA uses information from the previous frame to fix the stair stepping. MSAA uses pixel calculation to assume the most appropriate way to smooth out those pixels. FXAA just blurs every pixel on screen. Okay, there you go. There's just different ways of tackling this issue. I completely missed this small detail of GTA 5 story. So I don't normally just show people's videos, but I do know whatever and I don't think you'd care. So there's this video that just released from whatever 57010, as you guys likely know, does a lot of uh, fax glitches and stuff, modding stuff for um, GTA 5 and GTA Online. And the video is titled, Did this cutscene used to show cut wires? GTA 5 Mandela effects. It's only a 30 second clip, but he shows this scene on Bury the Hatchet. You know how Michael gets into his car and he's about to pull away or whatever and he gets picked up by the Chinese. I ain't got anything against you people. Oh, hey, back off! <sighs> Trevor. Fuck! The video is asking whether there was wires there at one point in an earlier version of the game, or is whatever 57010 incorrect? He's just misremembering. Now, what was interesting to me about this is I didn't realize that the, that the scene was meant to be suggesting that the car was tampered with by Trevor. Whatever shows in this video that the wires for the car are cuts. And so I guess that's why Michael goes, ah, Trevor. And then he gets caught by the Chinese. That it's meant to be that Trevor has tampered with the car that Michael used to get there. I didn't understand that from the cutscene. I thought Michael was trying to pull away, but the Chinese caught up with him and stopped him from doing so. And the reason why he said, ah, Trevor, was just a commentary on the previous interaction that the two characters had. Where he was just like, being like, oh, I can't believe that just happened with Trevor, or Trevor, you know, he's he just expressing regret. But in reality, Michael seemed to be saying that because the car won't start because Trevor tampered with the car. But how does that work? Because Trevor's already there. No, no, I must be wrong. No, I guess what it's implying is that Trevor ran off through the gates, lapped around, tampered with Michael's car, and then went his own way. And he did this while Michael was shooting out with the Chinese. I just never made that connection before. In part because there's no easy way to do that, I suppose. Michael just blames Trevor because they hear the moment. No one else would have any reason to tamper with his car. I guess, I suppose the Chinese could have done it though. That's a good point. It doesn't necessarily have to be Trevor that tampered with the car. It could have been the Chinese. Honestly, it makes more sense for it to have been the Chinese. 
But yeah, it's just an interesting small detail of the game that I just never really thought about. This was my actual problem with streaming on TikTok. So recently, a ramble came out where I talked about my problems with the TikTok live studio and trying to stream to TikTok and my annoyance that I wasn't able to get a stream key. The problem with this video was that I didn't really talk about my exact issues that I was trying to solve in how that it was possible for me to use a virtual camera to put my video from my OBS to the TikTok live studio, but I was having difficulty putting my audio from my OBS to TikTok Live Studio. And people suggested in the comments or even in DMs ways to solve this problem that none of them would work for reasons that I didn't explain in the video. So everyone who reached out to try and help me, I'm sorry, I didn't explain my problem well enough for what you said to be applicable. One of the reasons, I don't really want to go into it all that much, but basically I needed to be able to listen to my own OBS to hear my alerts in my ears, but also send all of OBS audio somewhere else. Virtual audio cables cannot do this. It would be like trying to split GTA 5 to just hear the dialogue or the gunfire. You can't do that. It is one program. It can, it can either send all of those sounds or none of the sounds. And, and like you can select the amount to send from the game, but you can't send two different types at once. In, in a way. And, and that's the problem I was having. But it doesn't matter now because I did end up getting a stream key. While I have been banned a second time, that banning will end in a day, I have a stream key now so it doesn't matter. I will be streaming to TikTok in the same way that I stream to YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram. Is it even worth it though? I doubt it. I don't know. We'll see. It takes no additional efforts to stream to TikTok when I have a stream key. So who cares? Instagram streams are actual garbage. I do stream to Instagram, yes, but it's not a very good looking stream. <laughs> it takes no additional efforts to stream to TikTok when I have a stream key. I can't even mute it. There's no mute button here. So this is going to be sound awkward, but I've got like 26 viewers here. <laughs> the stream on Instagram is just the middle of my screen. So it crops off the two sides and it just has the middle. So it makes a 9 by 16 image out of my 16 by 9. What it largely just ends up doing is people see me live on Instagram and they're like, oh, Dark Viper's live. That's cool. And so they go to Twitch or they go to YouTube. And it's largely what it exists to do, to give people a notification or to alert people that I'm live. I mean, you can still watch me on Instagram if you like, but I mean, for the rambles, it probably works. But other than that, it's, it's not a great experience. And as well, the quality on Instagram is awful. It'll even sometimes pitch shift my voice so it sounds like uh, super deep. So by the end of the game, which is quite long, I might have to give thousands of dollars to my chat. Who knows? I'm interested to find out. Yeah. I'm interested to find out. So it ends up fixing itself. Oh, yeah. If so, I guess I'll just add it in post. Like the quality in general is just garbage. I don't know why a company would provide a live streaming service and then just make it the worst quality possible. Like what's the point? Why have it at all? If you're gonna do something chat, you should always do it right, you know? Twitter will allow users to stream directly from consoles. So apparently, Twitter is working on allowing users to stream directly from their consoles to Twitter. I have absolutely no idea why they would spend any time working to develop this. If you notice, like, on any live streaming platform, the people who grow big and who are popular are not just people directly streaming from their consoles. It doesn't seem worth the time, the dev time, to build this out. As I keep saying that I don't think live streaming on Twitter in general is a particularly smart move for them. You can't put the overlays or unique effects from console and, you know, doing the webcam capture thing is uh, either impossible or very, very difficult from console at the very least. Like, generally speaking, the people you find live streaming from their consoles are usually like 12-year-olds who j just want to do the live streaming because they think it's cool and they live stream. 
With that being said, I am perfectly willing to try live streaming on Twitter at some point. Not because I think it's a good idea, but because I want to see how bad the quality is. And if I can have another way to say to people who know me, hey, I'm live on Twitch and or YouTube, I will do that. In the same way that I'm live streaming on Instagram right now, not because it produces a good quality, but because it's like, hey, I'm live on other platforms right now, come watch. Like I've looked into it, I've pulled it up and I, I've seen it and I know how to do it. And I, I've, I've set up the small thing that I need to set up. And um, I will do that soon. I just don't want to do it today because I feel like garbage. The one thing though about streaming to Twitter is Twitter is the one platform that I have where I'm followed by like industry people and other creators and whatnot who aren't necessarily interested in my content, but may just be interested in like what I'm doing. And so I think it might be a little bit embarrassing to have like a stream like what I'm doing right now where I'm just like chilling and talking. But such thoughts is not going to stop me from doing it at least another day because who gives a fuck, you know? Yeah, so again, this is dumb. Twitter moving into live streaming is dumb in general, but this is especially dumb because, I mean, if you just want to stream for like your friends or something, you can probably just do that over Discord or something. No one gets popular just live streaming themselves from a console. I had a very negative first impression with Virgin Airlines. So Ramble recently came out where I talked about how when I was going to Melbourne, I was flying with Virgin Airways. Always a weird name for an, 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 an airline, but whatever. And when we were landing, the dude had to abort the landing, I guess because he was coming in too fast, I'm not sure. And so he had to take off again. Like we were just about to land. So he's like the runway and we are like here. Our tires are just about to land on the runway and he has to go, no, this is bad, Whoa, and takes off again. The experience felt awful. And I don't think when I talked about this in Rambles, I communicated my exact circumstances well enough. I wasn't feeling very well. I hadn't eaten at all. And the relief that I was experiencing being like, okay, I finally made it. We're finally gonna land. I'm gonna get some food, got this goddamn plane and it and taking off again. It was just a, like the most awful feeling. And like, it was very obvious how bad I was feeling because a person like over the aisle looked at me and they actually put their hand on my back and they're like, are you okay? They actually asked that. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I was not fine. I was not doing well. And so people thought I, I was I was just like making mountains out of molehills or something when I was like, I don't want to fly with Virgin Australia again. I, I'd never flown with them before. And I'm just going to go back to flying with Qantas because I haven't had any problems with Qantas. And so people left some comments. It is far safer to perform a go around and try again rather than continue a potentially risky landing. It is a sign of a good pilot to make the decision to go around rather than potentially crash the plane due to wind shear or gusty crosswind or tailwind or downdrafts. You should not boycott an airline for taking the safer option. I would rather he just crashed the plane into the ground. Absolutely. That was my problem. I was like, why is this guy wasting my time not killing me by crashing the plane into the ground? Obviously, that's not my point. My point was, I've never had a problem with Qantas. Never had an issue. And so I'd rather just continue to fly with Qantas. First time on version and problems. I, being a layman, do not know to what extent I can blame that particular pilot for the circumstances we found ourselves in. If he made a mistake or something. But even if it was his fault, that's just one pilot in the entire fucking airline. One. It'd be insane to boycott an airline entirely because of one pilot's mistake. Like, there's no way on, on Qantas that there's not a single pilot who's never made a mistake, right? It's, it's impossible. That, that, that's going to happen. My point was, as a layman who can't assess the likely risk that I'm going to experience negative circumstances on any airline, I would just go with the airline where I haven't had any such issues. There seems to be no downside to sticking with Qantas up until the point where I have evidence to suggest that they're not as good as Virgin. 
I believe one downside for flying with Qantas is that it's a little bit more expensive because they've never crashed their plane. They, they can charge a premium because they have a better reputation. And I would just rather fly with them. Like this person, another comment here, said, a pilot failing to land says a lot about how good they would be in a scenario that is suboptimal. Failure in doing an extremely basic task as landing is shocking considering how easy landing is unless you have no experience with an aircraft of the sort. With basic understanding of your de-acceleration and handling of your aircraft, you should never incorrectly place your AOA or speed to overshoot a landing. The only occasions wind should be a concern is if you are in a light aircraft in heavy wind. To be clear, was not heavy wind as far as I'm aware. There was no like turbulence or something as we were flying. There was no suggestion anywhere that anything was having problems or that was any potential issue. So it could have just been pilot error. But even in the case that it was, it would be insane to like, I know never fly again because a pilot had a small error that caused me some inconvenience, you know? My point is just Qantas seems better. My experience now suggests Qantas is better. And so I have an option every time I fly, version or Qantas, I'm gonna go with Qantas. I am just a human being. And I will go with the things that seem, based on my experience, to have less of a problem of causing me issue. Not only that, Qantas empirically, empirically, has never had a crash. Virgin has. By the numbers, Qantas is better. Not just my personal experience, by the numbers. The only reason I was on Virgin was because it was booked by someone else. I would always, under normal circumstances, pick Qantas. So basically what I'm saying with this little ramble here is I recognize that boycotting an entire airline because of one pilot potentially making a mistake or not even making a mistake would be crazy, but that's not what I'm doing here. I am just prioritizing the company that, based on my own experience and the empirical evidence, is better at doing the thing that I want them to do. Yes, I'm not a fan of minor turbulence. This was my first tweet of 2024. So as I fell asleep an hour before midnight in my country, I made sure to schedule a New Year's tweet for midnight, even though, you know, midnight for New Year's Australia happens when like the vast majority of the world is still in the previous day. Regardless, I still did it and I said, Happy New Year. I hope your 2024 will be as good as can be expected. I considered throwing in a bunch more of my old memes. Like, I, I hope your 2024 is millions to one. I hope you don't get attacked by a cougar. All that random shit. But I was like, nah, fuck it. This will do. So yeah, happy 2024, guys. Or like two weeks after 2024 when this ramble comes out. I hope you all have a better 2024 than you had a 2023. And everything just keeps going up. And nothing ever bad happens. As It's, ne it's never going to happen, but... Hopefully, you know, my 2023 was fairly mixed. Some good things, some bad things. In general, though, I think health-wise and energy-wise, 2023 was not a great year for me. I'm hoping that at least has improved in 2024. The perks of becoming a channel member. Why are the YouTube VODs member only? Because I'm concerned how they might impact my channel algorithmically. By making them member, it removes that issue entirely. People who are not members can still watch the VODs if they want to on Twitch. And people who are members get that one little extra perk of being able to watch those VODs on YouTube. Did I never message this out? I did not. YouTube.com slash DarkViperEU join. Emotes to use in chat and comments. Look at those beautiful emotes, chat. You just gotta become a member. Royalty badges. Look at all those cute badges. Additional benefits. Early access to new videos. Access to stream replays. Priority reply to comments. Add ramble suggestions to my Discord. Discord role and perks. The value is off the chain. Become a member today. If you don't want to become a channel member, you can still support me by liking and subscribing. Thank you for watching and I wish you all the best.